Welcome to the one-on-one with one and only sports podcast. I'm your host, Theo Juan. Every person has a story to tell, and this podcast hopes to give an opportunity for those in the sport world to share their unique story. Each week, I interview a new guest to come on the show. We talk about how they got to where they are in the sport world, what their daily life looks like, some misconceptions people have about their role, and we end with a fun rapid-fire segment to close the episode. If that sounds like something for you, Please don't hesitate to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. New episodes will be coming out every Tuesday. This episode is brought to you by Haddock Sport Performance. Is your training making you better on the field? Haddock Sport Performance provides a complete strength and conditioning experience designed for ultimate athletes. With over five years of experience at the elite international level and a global group of athletes, they have come to appreciate that training is a partnership. And with HSP, Their goal is to provide each athlete with a truly personal and unique training experience. They work tirelessly with you to get to know you as a person and as an athlete, and together build a plan for you to be your best in competition. If you are invested in your own success and performance, they are here to support you. To know more about their methods and philosophy, head to haddocksportperformance.ca or get a look at their day-to-day by checking out HSP on Instagram. Now with all that done, let's go! Welcome to episode 2 of the podcast. Today's guest is Rumi Tejbar. Rumi is the founder and CEO of the ultimate apparel company, Be Ultimate. Founded in 2012, Be Ultimate inspires and motivates people to be better than ever. Their focus is on making high-performance apparel, having an easy process, and ensuring their customers receive their products on time. Rumi also has had an extensive playing career in the Ultimate world. He has represented Canada on the world stage five times, and competed at the World Ultimate Club Championships in 2018 with Cusby Lafada, Italian men's team. He has been a fixture in the Vancouver Ultimate scene, playing for Furious George. He attended McGill University, where he captained both the squash and ultimate teams. Here is my interview with Rumi Tejpar. Rumi, thanks for joining us on the show today. How are you doing there in sunny Vancouver? Theo, thanks for having me on the show. Vancouver right now is... A really, it's a completely different place than it normally is. People aren't going outside. I'm working from home right now. It is, it is different than anything we've ever experienced in our lifetime. So it's a real cool, cool time, but also like a scary time. Things are interesting. For those listening at home or wherever you are on this podcast, we're recording this at the time of COVID-19. So if you're listening to this later on, uh, what Rumi is describing is the atmosphere of Vancouver during COVID-19. We're going to start with segment number one, the journey. Rumi, can you tell the listeners how you got to where you are today? What were some steps you took and some people that were involved in getting you to help you start your own jersey company? I know it was founded in 2012, so it's been a few years now. What were some people that and events that were involved in getting you there? Sure. So back in 2012, I was living in Hong Kong for six months. I was on exchange there for university, and I was studying there, and then that summer... I had, in addition to the opportunity of playing with the Hong Kong national team at WGC in Japan, uh, right before that, I had a stint of working in Singapore for a sourcing company. And at the time, I was managing uh, the McGill Ultimate Teams program. So I was ordering jerseys from different companies and things like that. And basically, like my job that summer, that sourcing job, was super lax. So what I did was... I took some of that energy and I was like, hey, you know what? I think there's an opportunity here to maybe source McGill Ultimates jerseys. Let's see what happens. So I went out and I started looking for different manufacturers. And and to be honest, like the product that we produced in 2012 was 
utter crap. Like, it was really not good. Okay, I'll be the first <laughs> to say that what we were producing in 2012-2013, I'm surprised some, some people still wear those shorts that they ordered in 2012. But... I'll also be honest, like I was selling it basically for a loss at that point. Like we were, I was just doing it basically to be a good guy and to, you know what? I had no plans of building something greater. So anyways, produce the first set of jerseys outfit, like my own team that I'm playing. You can see photos from 2012 of us wearing these super baggy jerseys and baggy shorts because I didn't know how to size things correctly. And point that I'm trying to make is, you know what? The story that, that I have is pretty similar to like a, a guy starting his his own t-shirt company in his in his dorm in university, you know? But sure it's a little bit more sophisticated because we were working with like international supply chains and whatnot. But 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 I knew nothing about apparel. Like straight up, I had no idea. And over the last seven, eight years, I've slowly built, and at some points a bit faster, built an expertise on which the company is now really strong because you know one of our one of our mottos is better than ever and that includes like improving on the product iterating 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 until we build out a product that's outstanding anyways so that was from the product perspective how we started the company fast forwarding into 2012 the fall i was living with a member of the national sprint canoe team okay so he was a sprint canoe kayaker he was a canoeer so he's a sprint canoeer on the national team for canada and i personally grew up playing squash which like if anyone knows the game, like you require a lot of cardio, you have to work, put a lot of hours in like on solo work and things like that, which is pretty different to the attitude that ultimate players took to the training field. And so me and my roommate at the time, his name was Tom, is Tom still alive? <laughs> he, he didn't change was his name. Tom. It still <laughs> so, is Tom. It still is Tom. So Tom and I used to train really hard. Okay. And like, I'm a skinny brown guy. I had to train really hard to get even like remotely athletic for ultimate. Okay. But anyways. So we were training really hard, and our motto was, really, let's professionalize this sport. And Tom was kayaking and and canoeing, but he loved Ultimate, he loved me. And so, like, you know what? He cared about how I was playing, so he would push me and whatnot. And basically, that's where I'd say together we sort of came up with the the brand persona for Be Ultimate, which was better than ever, right? Which was, you know what? We can turn this brand, this company of an apparel company, also into something that can inspire and motivate people to be the best version of themselves in sport. And so what that meant for me, what that meant for the athletes that were that in the future, like even look today, our brand ambassadors, what they embody is the persona of, you know what, we want to get better at this sport because we want to professionalize ourselves, the game, and we want to be the best versions of ourselves. That's sweet. And I just want to clarify, Rumi, is it BE Ultimate or is it B Ultimate? Because I'm sure you get that a lot of which one is it? You know, it's kind of like, I okay, not to compare myself to, to like Phil Knight or Nike or anything <laughs> like that, but you know what? Some people pronounce Nike, Nike, and some people pronounce Nike, Nike. And I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure if there's a right way to say it. Personally, I say it's B Ultimate. I know some people in the East Coast, they call it BE Ultimate. Personally, I think I would say the proper way to say it is B Ultimate. But I'm not going to say no if you want to call it BE Ultimate. And you're still buying our pivot pants and having a great time wearing them. You know what? You call it what you want. Yeah, and I would say as aware of the BE Ultimate Sun Hoodie, I'm going to wrap the Sun Hoodie. It's one of the, my favorite pieces of clothing right now I'm wearing. So in the East Coast, I'm in Ontario. We call it BE Ultimate. So just letting you know, as you said, the East Coasters, we call it BE Ultimate. So uh, we're going to move on here. 
in terms of, I want to ask a bit about your ultimate journey. How did that influence you in terms of starting your own jersey company? You've probably had other jersey suppliers with teams that you've played on. So how did your playing career uh, influence that? For sure. So I think my experience with ultimate jersey companies is separate to my experience as an athlete. Because I think if I were to just talk about like my journey as an athlete, obviously B Ultimate has a huge place to play in that in that from basically 2012 when I decided hey you know what well I was still in college at the time let's say 2013 after I graduated I basically graduated and was like hey well what are my options here what are my choices that I can do as an ultimate player who needs to fund his addiction to the sport and also someone who like you know what I studied economics I want to have a good job well what are my options here so I either I could go work for a bank or I could maybe hey you know what keep going with this B Ultimate thing and see what happens so I'd say from 2013 up until 2016, really, obviously the company grew. Obviously, we were iterating and getting better from that perspective. But I really, really focused on how can I create the best company that can help me be the best athlete, right? So it was like a, it was like a double-pronged thing. I was trying to build out a company that obviously performed great and had low error rates and quick turnaround time and awesome products. But at the same time, I was also focusing on, well, how do I build this company in a way that I can get the freedom to train twice a day? You know, there was a period in my life when I was running the company and I was tra- I had training sessions probably close to 12 to 13 times a week, right? And at, for someone, if you're working in a bank or if you're working in a consulting firm or something like that, there's no way you're getting that freedom. So the ultimate played a big factor for me to be able to have that independence to train and like and become... Sure, I'm not like the best player in the country or whatever, but you know what? I'm a lot better than I would have had I not done all that hard work years ago. So I think like from the from my athletic perspective, that's that's the journey. And then from the company's perspective, like I think my experience with other jersey companies definitely motivated like the the shift to move towards, you know what, let's fix these pain points of sublimated jerseys not breathing properly. Let's fix these problems of people always getting error jerseys in their orders. Like, how is that not fixed, right? Or how do we not have guarantees on our turnaround times or on the product that you're actually going to receive, right? So those that the experience that I'd had from ordering previously definitely informed me in being able to build out sort of like a an experience for our clientele that actually resonated with them and actually brought value to them, you know, value that they were seeking and maybe they didn't even know or, or whatever, but like something unique basically that wasn't on the market already. That uniqueness you're talking about there, Rumi, has definitely allowed you to get a lot of top teams in the country and, and overseas as well. So could you maybe talk about how you've been able to get some of the top teams, including Clapham, which is in the UK, as well as some top American club teams like Rally's Ring of Fire. How did the company branch out to that point where you could reach out to those high-level teams? In, in the UK, we have Clapham, we got Nice Bristols, we got Devon, we got Glasgow. We have a whole pile in the UK. And then back at home, we have a whole a whole another pile of, of uh, open and women's teams and mixed teams that order from us. And I think, like, if you look at my journey as an athlete informing the company, I think the fact that realistically, like, what I wanted from a company was what we produced, right? So when I wanted a jersey that I could go to nationals and play three, four games a day in 30 degree heat. Well, we built that. 
And so it's no doubt that elite programs, elite teams, elite athletes were starting to come to be ultimate and be like, oh, damn, the product you're actually putting out is what we've been looking for, right? So from, from one side, we built out the product mix of like, you know what, a high-performing jersey that, that actually works, right? And so a, a lot of teams, a lot of top-level teams were like, oh, actually, you know what, this is an awesome product. Let's work with them, right? So Ring of Fire was like, or Phoenix, they were like, oh, wow, your new women's cut, Phoenix was like, your new women's cut fits awesome. This is what an elite product should feel like. And so it resonated with them, right? The second thing is obviously like I played internationally for many years. I was able to build a lot of connections and, and meet a bunch of new people and expose them to the brand that otherwise they probably wouldn't have. I felt really fortunate to be able to meet awesome people like like Trent Dillon, Jenny Way, Noah Saul, like heck, Catherine Chewy. Like we do, or Catherine Chewy, we do all these different video pieces that then go out into the world and motivate and inspire people, but they're based on connections that I've built personally or played against these people. And and they then go on to motivate and inspire people and, and also grow the brand. So multi-prong, I guess, again, of like how it's influenced into those high teams, high, high elite teams coming to work with us. But it comes down to really like two things, which is one, we have an awesome product that actually resonates with the elite athlete. And then the second is, you know what, building out, stuff through my relationships has also been really helpful as well that actually segues really well into another question i have uh in terms of your journey are there some people that you would like to give a shout out to or someone that you would say really influenced your journey in making this jersey company yeah that's a good question i'd say i've been i've i've had the privilege of playing with a whole slew of like really inspiring players throughout my career seriously and meeting a whole bunch of people that have seriously made a remarkable impact on me. Um, a good friend of mine who I met, and well, I didn't actually meet her in college, but Lauren Kimura, I don't know if you know that name, but she's she is literally one of the best female athletes in North America right now. She's one of my best friends. And literally every time I see her play, every time I chat with her, she inspires me, you know, 100%. And, and so you look at like the brand and and it's inspired by people like that, you know, people like Lauren, people like Catherine Huey that inspire me. And then if you look at, well, who are the people that help this brand get off the ground? I'd say uh, Tom, my roommate back in university. I'd say Edward Guo, who, you know, was my first hire here. He helped build the brand in Vancouver. Uh, my whole team today is like absolutely instrumental in what we're building. You know, like we have... Uh, Alistair Robb, who runs our, our, our sales, and he's absolutely outstanding. Kevin, uh, Kevin Quinlan, who does our marketing. Chris Panchot, who works on our back end. Katie Wong, who's instrumental in some of our, our back end processes with some of the other stuff that we're working on. Carrie Magnus, who's our designer. Anyways, I could go the through and name all right of our now, team, like but it. all of them play an instrumental role in, in building this thing. You know, like they deserve as much of the credit as I do because it's not just me that built this thing, right? It's built on, on the backs of all of us and working together on a common vision of, you know what? Yeah, building something that's awesome and building content and product that's great. What I love so far just from hearing your story is this idea of living your brand in your own personal journey. So that's like a really cool thing that I'm not sure people knew about before, but just this idea of be ultimate, just being your life mantra. So that's really cool, Rumi. And do you have any advice for those who are trying to start their own business, be it ultimate or elsewhere? What would be some advice for uh, potential entrepreneurs out there? That's a good question, Theo. I'd say one of my biggest piece of advice would be 
play to your strengths and play to what you know. Because if you look at the success of, of B Ultimate, it really came from me understanding our customer really well. I am totally ensconced in the Ultimate community. And that's why, and it's not just because I was able to meet people, get them on board with the brand. It was so much more just, you know what? I personally was living, breathing, understanding the pains that Ultimate players went through, you know? Like the idea that, like our seasons are really short, so we need to have fast turnaround time. You know what? Ultimate people like having interesting jerseys, so we have to be able to do sublimation, like things like that. Just things that if if I was, let's say, a rugby player, I wouldn't understand, or a soccer player, I wouldn't understand. And so, if you're looking for something to to start on your own, I would say play to your strengths. So play to what your experiences previously informed you of, and play to your own persona. I think we can only like create outside of ourselves so much we have to look internally and see well what do what do i really need and then build that out i think that's a great one the second piece of advice i would have is to not be afraid and to go out and create and what i mean by that is every day i come into the office i create every day we come in here and we reiterate we reiterate and we try and get better and that all starts from not being afraid from the start right in the sense that you have to start somewhere like you look at 2012, 2013, like our product and processes were absolute crap. But the only reason why we're where we are today is one, we took the leap of faith that we were going to start it and that we had belief that we could build something eventually. And two, that every day when I worked on Be Ultimate and now when we work on Be Ultimate, we're trying to get better. Right. So I think in the end, it's just about like going out there, doing it, like starting something, start something and then iterate off of that. Because as soon as you start something, you're going to learn so much. And that's going to inform your growth going into the future. So I'd say, yeah, those are my two biggest biggest advice. Play to your strengths and and actually do it and learn from it. Sweet points there, Rumi. You're mentioning a lot of growth mindset right there. That's a big term right now. Uh, so that's great that you're talking about just wanting to constantly grow. You talk about growth mindset right now with COVID, with the delay or like with... Heck, man, there's been so many people laid off their jobs. Right now is the perfect time perfect opportunity to, to skill up you know right now is a, a better time than ever listen to rumi's advice here he's becoming i'm helping you with your second career here rumi of being a motivational speaker so that's what it sounds like here we're gonna move on to segment two though day-to-day -day life i know obviously it's a little bit different with the covid situation so maybe walk me back uh, maybe a few months before and talk about sort of what does a day-to-day life look like of you being in the office, you working with your team, and then also some special events you're a part of or special deals you've made. So to be honest, my day-to-day -day routine is actually pretty similar in the sense that like I'll get into the office and I'll be like, I'll crank out a bunch of emails to start out with because I also manage some sales as well. So I'll first get to my sales emails. Then I'll get to our daily huddle or I'll get together, bring the whole team together. So we all... We have two central offices right now, one in Mon Vancouver, one in Montreal. So that huddle is a video call. So everyone's on video call. We're all in there and we chat about, well, what are the big projects we're working on? What's everyone's 24 looking like? Anyone have any sticking points, any big shout outs, things like that. And then we go into our marketing meeting. I generally have about an hour with my marketing manager, with, with Kevin. So he'll, he and I will be on a video call for about an hour. And then in the afternoon, I'll get back onto the sales. Maybe I have a meeting with my sales team on on like what's our next targets who are we going after checking in on 
like our prospections, on our inbounds, all that kind of stuff, making sure that everything's sort of still working. I'd say that that takes up like six hours of my day. And then the other two that I intersperse around there are working on like big projects. So whether it's a new promotion that we're working on, or let's say like a fun, like a fun project that I love, like the things that I love working on are the videos that we work on. For example, like all of our hashtag videos are spotlights, any of our hindsight projects, anything that I can dig my teeth into that is inspiring and motivating. I absolutely love. So like recently we launched the, find your drive video with Naomi Marcella and, and that was like absolutely awesome to work with and I didn't have like a huge part to play in it but at least I got to see it you know and like have have my little fingers in there every now and then when the marketing team needs some some input yeah I think I think that that really does sum it up though that's like a regular day-to-day -day, right so those are my eight hours and then your second question was like well how do we get some of these big contracts like can I walk you through how how we create a relationship with Tuck or Akua or like we built out a partnership. I think, you know, I feel like those ones are interesting in that obviously we did come in and shake things up. And I think we did that through like strong guarantees, good timelines, good price points, and, and also like a level of service that's outstanding. Like we had to come in there and promise a lot and I hate promising unless we're going to deliver it. And so it, it took a lot for us to do it, but we had to adjust our backend to make sure that we could accommodate those big contracts. For Okua and Tuck and the VUL, like those are big contracts that obviously have a big front-facing like visage because uh, league teams are looking up to their league and they're like, oh, Tuck is now partnered with B Ultimate. Oh, that's interesting. Something changed. And from our end, yeah, it was a big, big thing, but it wasn't super novel in the sense that we just increased the offering that they were already seeing or we promised on deliverables that they were needing from their previous contracts, from their previous experience, right? So we didn't come in and really revolutionize the way that they were actually running their business. I'll, I'll flip that though. And the reason why I say that is that if you look at what we're doing in North Carolina or what we're doing in DC or what like we're doing in certain pockets around North America and, and even in, in the UK as well, we're starting to do it, is that we're trying to build out sort of like it, and I, I'll talk about elite teams, really, elite team partnerships. So what we do is we, we go in and we say, hey, look, if you all, and we actually do it with, uh, with Academy as well, right? Although they were already already a, an entity. But we try and help programs partner up so that they can go together and, and collectively bargain for, let's say, better jersey deals or better sponsorship offers or better field deals or better insurance deals or whatever it is that they're trying to do when you partner, let's say two, three, four, five club teams together, all of a sudden, when you go up to a sponsor and you're like, hey, uh, Labatt Brewing or like whoever it is, hey, Safeway. Before you were, hey, Safeway, we have 20 people. They're wearing your jersey, we'll put your logo on there. Safeway's gonna be like, nah. But now all of a sudden you have 150 people, they're gonna listen. So we're trying to help build that out and and using our like immediate deliverable, like, look, hey, you know what? If you bring more teams on, we're able to offer more to you. We're able to provide you with X, Y, Z. And we, I, that's something that I love doing. And, and our whole team is really well-versed on that now. So I'd say that's something that, that we love doing now is, uh, is building out those, those multi-team team deals. For me, another question I had for you is, can you walk the listeners through just securing one of those elite team deals how do you prospect and find these teams? How do you end up sealing the deal and then delivering the products on time? Yeah, it's a great question. So the way that our elite teams actually come in is 
is very similar to actually how any club team comes in to start working with us, is that either they're prospected by us, let's say we go out and we, we find out who's managing and we email them, or, and this is actually more generally what happens is let's say we put out a piece of content that's really great. Let's say it's a, it's a find your drive video or a spotlight and someone engages with it. We're going to interact with them to hopefully build a relationship that then we can, we can build something out. Rumi, last question of this segment here, segment two. Are there any parts of your day that you super, super enjoy and then some that you find a little bit more menial? Or are you going to give me the, I find everything amazing response here? <laughs> no, hell no. No, 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 no. I definitely don't enjoy some things about my day. Heck, when I have to do, when I have to do our accounting or our books or manage our finances, it's like a real pain. And clearly I have a bookkeeper, but like, but every now and then I have to go in and I have to do those things and get the budget balance itself. You talk about things that I love doing, and there are some parts of my job that I absolutely love. I'd say working on some of our our marketing material, our like our video content, I absolutely love. Our hindsights, I absolutely love. Working on our blogs and and providing vision for those things, I I really really love. Like trying to create motivating and inspiring content, like our hashtag videos or our spotlights or any of our ads or any of our blog content. Those things, creating our brand ambassador program, those things are really really fun and it doesn't even feel like work to me to be honest the the part that feels like work yeah is like the tedious work of like dragging and dropping this and this and clicking i don't know create an order or whatever you know the the stuff that that is a bit more mundane but the the creative work i absolutely love and and i also love also managing the team i think that's something that i've only been able to do over the last three years as we've built out a larger team and i've started to really love it you know working with everyone, trying to bring them all together on a certain project or trying to get people to talk to each other and actually listen and team connections, you know? It's in, it's actually really interesting from the sports world, you know, you talk about leadership and I was never a captain of Furious for the six years that I played. I never was a captain, a captain at McGill, but I don't think I ever really understood what leadership is until I started working on my own business and I started reading a bunch of stuff and I started understanding, you know what? There are a lot of implementable things. You you don't you're not just born a leader. You can learn to lead. And I think that's been really interesting is like I love I love leading and I love bringing people together to collaborate and build something bigger than what each of us can create. Those two things, you know, building out awesome marketing content like our videos and then the second part is bringing the team together to work collaboratively on some interesting projects. I those are my two favorite parts of my days. That's sweet and Side note here, I'm interested in what books you've read on leadership because I've read a few different things. And as I mentioned previously, Growth Mindset is a big book that I've read and a book called Grit by Angela Duckworth. So are there any books that you've read about just like perseverance or leadership? Yeah, you know, okay, so I, I have read a bunch of this stuff, but I'm one of those people who reads and like, let's say, I think the comparable is more closer to like someone who listens to music, but they don't know the song name yes. that they're listening <laughs> to or the artist. And I'm... That perfect persona of the person who listens to the music and has no idea what they're listening to. And on the flip side, I'm the person that reads a book. I'll like go on Amazon. I'll buy a book within a second of like hearing about it. I'll listen to an engaging podcast like that. And Theo, I'd probably, after listening to this one again, I'll probably go buy those books. But I'll buy them. They'll sit there. I'll read them. I have no idea what the hell I just read. But the things that are important, I I, I listen to, you know? All right. All right. I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Right now, I'm reading, I think the book's called Mind Gym. And that's like a... It's a sports psych book for like individuals. And then I'm also booking, reading a book called um, 
thinking fast, thinking slow. And that book is about like understanding why people make decisions and things like that. And then the other one is about how to perform better in sport. But I do think there's a lot of carryover into life as well. Like if you can perform on sport, you can definitely perform in life. And so that stuff is applicable throughout your life. So Rumi, we're going to move to segment three here, misconceptions. Oftentimes people that aren't in the world of sport or don't know the company itself have some various views of what it might look like to work there or own it. So my question is, what are some misconceptions about you and B Ultimate that you like to dismiss here? Some misconceptions that we have. Okay, I'd say Ultimate Jersey companies in general, there's like a, I don't know if it's a misconception or maybe just like people have been, I don't know, like, what's the word when you, uh, something happens to you like a bunch of times like and you get, just assume that it's going to happen again. Exactly, that's the word. Yeah, so they get conditioned into thinking that it's going to be a certain way. And I guess a, a misconception would be that ordering jerseys has to be painful. It has to be delivered not on time, and there always has to be errors. And those are the misconceptions that I want to blow out of the water. Because I swear for the last four years, that's all we've preached. Three years ago, I or yeah, it started four years ago, and then I sort of wrote it down three years ago. It was like, okay, what do we want our company to do? Well, we want to deliver our jerseys on time. So basically, you get the gear when you expect it. We want you to get the jerseys as you expected them. So deliver actually the gear that you wanted to get. And then the third is that we want to build out a process that makes the process easy. We want to build something that makes the process easy for our clients. So the, I would say the misconception is that like ordering from, a, ordering from us is painful or that you're not going to get your gear on time or that it's not going to be as you expected. Those are the misconceptions. I will say, you know, the ultimate was 100% part of the problem. The conditioning problem that I was talking about at the beginning, you go back to when we started and Theo, I remember the first order I did carrying the box to the field on the day of the first turn, or like, I think it was maybe even the, the second day of the tournament. The st- tournament started on Thursday. The gear arrived on Friday. I guess to me, I was like, oh yeah, this is normal. This is what like it should be. And then, you know, as I progressed, it was like, hold up, this is ridiculous. Why are we getting, why are we people missing their jerseys for a tournament or getting it on the day of the tournament when it starts? Why can't we do better than that? So I, and then on top of that, like, heck, jersey sizing was off, design was off. The, the product of, or this, the quality of the product and the service and the process that, that someone would have experienced when ordering from us back in 2012, 2013, 2014 even, was, I totally understand. It was terrible. <laughs> so there's your misconception that we're still the same company that we were back in 2014 or 2015 even, you know? Like, every year we get better. And so the misconception is that right now, the quality of the product that you're going to get or the quality of the service that you're going to get is the same as what you got five years ago there's your there's your misconception and there's it blown out of the water hopefully theo all your listeners i don't know if there's any people who would who would like qualify for this promo that we're running right now but because of covid what we're doing is we're offering a free jersey to anyone that runs a club team so basically they can sign up they get to go through our design process they get to design the jersey we produce it for them all for free okay you come in no strings attached you come in we design it for you. We produce it all for free, no strings. All we ask is that you pay for shipping, and then you actually get your own custom jersey, which is unheard of. Okay, No one makes single one-piece jerseys. We're spending probably close to $300 on the design process and the actual jersey production for you for free. Okay, 
Anyways, you can go take a look. Hopefully, Theo will link this thing in the podcast somewhere. The point being is that the reason why we're doing that is that we want people to experience what it's like to work with us. Is that things have changed since 2013 when you first ordered from B Ultimate or whatever, when you first saw B Ultimate jersey. Things things are different, and we want you to experience it. So hopefully, we can like change some of those misconceptions that people have through through a promo like this or you know what just just keep doing what we're doing right i i am a firm believer that if you build a good product and a good experience people eventually will find it and make the shift that they need to make i'm gonna leave that in the show description so be sure to check that out and another question related to this is what are some things you didn't know about just running your own business in general before you started so i know you studied economics as you mentioned at mcgill but what were some things you didn't know about until you finally started your own business? You had your own team. You're like, oh, this is what it's actually like. <laughs> Everything, man. Everything. First of all, studying economics does not mean that you know anything about business. <laughs> like economics is the the most like pseudoscience, like artsy degree that you can get. It has zero practical practical like application what did i learn like everything what have i had to learn literally everything accounting marketing management sales everything everything and as a former teacher Rumi, i can definitely understand that i think some of our best times of learning i know for me when i was teaching young grade threes this was a big thing i i preached to them was just this idea of learning through real world experience there's only so much that you can that you can be taught in terms of from a book or from a theory, but to actually go out and do it. And and you've experienced that. And now you can say, I've learned everything because certain things you learn in the classroom, you didn't <laughs> get a chance it. to uh, implement. <laughs> I don't know about learned everything, Theo. <laughs> I have a lot still to learn. That is for sure. And seriously, right now I, I'm actually a little bit like, I don't know. I'm thanking, I'm thanking the star, my lucky stars a little bit because right now with COVID, like, yeah, sure our business is like really grinded to a halt, but it's given me a lot of opportunity to grow, to learn a bunch of new things and implement them in the business. Like now is such a good time. And I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but right now things are turned on its head. If now is a good time, like now is literally the time is better than ever to, to pick up a book, to learn something, to jump on an online course. There's so many online resources right now that have just been released for free because of COVID, you know, like, I think I think it's so important that we take advantage of this time. Uh, anyways, th- that's that's my short spiel on on where we're at today because I think right now it's just such a big opportunity for us to individually grow that and as a company of course grow like for us we're, we're launching these cool things and working every day harder than we've probably ever worked because we see this as an opportunity to grow as a company, you know? Love it, love it and just the mentality that you have Rumi, that's uh definitely something to admire and and notice. So we appreciate you sharing that. Rumi, we're going to move to segment four. I didn't prep you about this beforehand. This is called Rapid Fire. So I'm just going to ask you a few questions, and uh, you're going to do your best to answer them. All Sound right. Sound good? I hope I, I hope I do all right. All right. We're going, to, we're going to go with the first one. It's a sports question here. Name your top three sports teams and athletes of all time. Theo, I'm not even a sports fan, oh, that, man. Oh, that hurts me. That hurts me. Okay. <laughs> but you know, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You know because I'm an ultimate player, I'll talk about ultimate teams. My three top athletes of all time, I'd say one is Rami Ashur, who's a squash player. Sorry, I know I said ultimate before. Rami Ashur, who's a squash player. He was like world champ for many, many years. His athleticism was like absolutely unparalleled. His skill was like a godsend. Like the guy was just skilled unlike anyone else. Go Google Rami Ashur, R-A-M-Y. 
A-S-H-O-U-R. And you'll just see, like, this guy's an absolute wizard on the squash court. I don't know how many squash fans you have listening to your podcast, but Rami Ashur, number one. Uh, number two would be Mike Grant, who we just wrote a hindsight piece about. Uh, or actually, he wrote it, but we didn't write it. He wrote it, but we published it. He's an absolute inspiration across the board. Like, as an athlete, obviously, heck, I still look at some of his game tape from between 20, like, 2002, I think is when he started, to 2008. Like, it, it's just unreal watching how he played the game and just how dominant he was as an athlete. And then, obviously, to read his hindsight piece was, like, heartbreaking, but also so inspirational because he's an incredible person. And he's doing so much for the community and for, like, people in general right now, for society. You know, he's just such a great person to see that he's... See the hardship that he went through after all, all of, like, what he did for the sport and seeing how he came through it is is uh pretty amazing and then let's say the third one who's my third favorite athlete i gotta go with my boy tim sang i don't know if everyone knows who that is but i think he's one of the best players in canada right now i played with him so tim tim and i actually went to say yo i know this meant to be rapid fire i know i'm talking way too much tim and i played together from the age of 14 all the way till 27 until i stopped playing on furious we played every single year how many years is that? 13 years. And Tim was always better than me. But obviously, Tim's literally incredible at this sport. Again, like, go watch him play. He played World Games for Canada in 2017. He's been on the World's teams for many times. The way he sees the field and his skill set is is really unmatched. And you know what's amazing is, like, he doesn't have a huge tall stature like Jimmy Mickle or Kirk Gibson. But the guy can make an impact on the field just as great. So, there you go. Tim... I can't believe I'm comparing Tim to Rami Ashur, but Tim Sang, Rami Ashur, and and uh, Mike Grant. Heck, Tim and Mike Grant in the same second? Oof. But th- there you go. Those are your three. <laughs> second question here, Rami. What is your favorite sports memory that you were a part of? I know you're not much, you said you're not much of a sports fan in terms of watching. So for your playing days, what was your favorite memory? Okay, I've got two memories for you. And I know you asked for one, Theo, but the first memory is playing college university so mcgill ultimate team back then weirdly enough it's like (laughs) i guess it's not even a favorite because i did something bad like on universe point in our final to win the national championship i dropped a pass like i I had a critical drop to lose us the match anyways the favorite moment was actually after that game in the huddle when like i just felt so much love for the team and, and it was like all mutual, you know, everyone on that team, even though we lost the national championship, we still loved each other so much. And that moment was like really, really powerful for me. And it still sticks with me. The second one, again, you know what? It's really weird. I'm, I'm bringing up like two, losses. I guess, like <laughs> losses as my most memorable moments. I know you asked for favorite, but my most memorable moments, which is in uh, 2013, again, like I was way younger playing Team Canada U24s, U23s mixed. We went toe to toe with the U.S., and I, I I loved that game. Like, it was, heck, it was in pool play, but I still remember that game. And maybe it's because it's in video and I'm able to go back and watch it. That game in general was like a real cool game because it felt like as though everyone was firing on all cylinders. And like our D-line really was just like absolutely amazing. Just totally stars on that. On that. They, they played like stars that game, like absolute just studs. And then our O-line played really well. And, and in the end, we lost the game, but it was a really cool moment just to know 
that this is what the potential of the team was like, you know? Uh, we, not, we went on to lose in the final to the U.S. and got silver, but I'd say the pool play game was actually, like, really memorable for me. Awesome, Rumi. And we're going to move to question three now. These are some non-sports questions for you, okay? So hopefully, Ooh, hopefully finally. This, will, um, this will get you here. Question number three. You have one last meal to eat on Earth. You got to tell me what you're drinking, what the appetizer is, entree, and dessert. <laughs> I will drink a mojito. Things I'm going to have, though, do not it's go okay. together. Okay? It's your last meal, so, the so you next might thing as well. I have, the appetizer I'm going to have is going to be frog's legs, okay. cooked by my uncle, my Vietnamese uncle, who cooks in French style, and he makes them like Provençal. It's amazing. Like a bunch of garlic, a bunch of all those things. The main I'm going to have, let's go with a, just a good steak. I'm a sucker for a good steak. Maybe a good flank steak, you know? I've been having a couple flank steaks lately. They've been really good. And then and the next one is dessert, right? Let's go with like a, a chocolate cake that like melts. You know the, when the ones where you like stick a spoon in and, it, and it, lava cake, yeah, I guess. Is that yeah. what it's called? Like you stick it in and it melts outside? One of those. Those are kick-ass. I'll, I'll eat those every day of the week. There you go. Question four here, Rumi. You're given the chance to put on a concert in your backyard, okay? You're allowed to book any band or artist in the history of the world. You got to pick three and the order in which they play. Oh, my God. Well, first of all, I'm going to spend a lot more than five seconds planning this thing, Gio. <laughs> I, can't, I can't put on a concert like that within five seconds choosing who my, who my headliners are going to be. <laughs> I got to be... I gotta be cohesive with the genre. No, no, you can't. I can't just go pick my three top artists. A lot of like, people go. A lot of the guests have picked eclectic mixes, so they'll go, you know, rap. They'll go. They'll go country. They'll just mix it up. So it's up to you. <laughs> okay, I gotta put Tribe Called Quest up there. I'm gonna put. You know what? Maybe I'm gonna have a rap theme or hip hop theme here. So Tribe Called Quest, Common. You know what? Just because it would have such an effect, maybe like Tupac. Hey, like, I'm not even a huge fan of his, but, like, I just know that if he, he showed up, literally the entire city would show up to see him. <laughs> you know? You would shut down Vancouver, I think, if that happened. Well, yeah, I'd shut it down even more than now. We'd have problems with social distancing for sure if we had a Tupac concert happening. There you go. Last question here. What's the best advice you ever received? Maybe it's, like, athlete advice you ever got from a player that played for Furious or another team. But what's the best advice you got to get better at what you do? Okay, the best piece of advice that I've ever gotten, and I still preach it to this day, is fundamentals. Focus on fundamentals, which is that, like, and, and I swear, like, this must have been my grade nine coach, which would have been, like, Sam Schroeder, I think was his name. He played Furious back then, and he was the first coach, and he was like, look, like, don't learn how to throw a hammer, which, for those of you who don't play Ultimate, like, it's this throw that goes over your head, and it, it like, turns in the air. Don't learn how to throw that throw until you can throw a flat backhand which is like literally the the most basic throw you can have in ultimate and i I still i still preach that and i still live by that heck and like i go out and i practice my throws and i probably spend 90 percent of my time on flat flicks flat backhands and then i'll work 10 percent on the other things and obviously i still want to improve on my hammers my scoobers and things like that but number one is if you can throw a flat flick a flat backhand 40 yards you're in good shape, you know, like that, that I think is so much more powerful than having a wicked ass hammer. Obviously, if you have a great hammer, focus on your hammer. That might be your weapon of choice. But for 99% of the people out there, if you can have strong fundamentals, it's going to hold you in good stead as an athlete. There you go. You heard it here first. You got to be 
practicing the fundamentals, getting better. You heard it here first. That is not Theo. That is not a. I heard it here first. That's been preached literally. <laughs> it's it's just like the invention of sport. <laughs> okay, you heard it here last for movie Tejpar. <laughs> you got to do the fundamentals. There you go. All right. Rumi, if our audience wants to find out more about you and your brand, where can they find you? Plug all your socials right now, Rumi. Sure. So you can follow us on Instagram, B.Ultimate. You can follow us on Facebook, B.Ultimate Apparel. You can take a look at our website right now. Like I said, Theo, we have a promo running for any club or YCC team. So that means like a junior club team. Uh, Basically, to get a free jersey in their hand that they can actually see with their design on it, we'll go through the design process for them. We'll produce the jersey. All we ask is that they pay for shipping. The way to get to that site is actually if you go to look at this better than ever slash let's dash design. So I'm sure Theo will link that in there, but that's like our biggest running promo right now. It's applicable to all club and all junior club teams right now, basically to get them into something that they can try out. And then also so that when and if the season comes back online, by having your design and a prototype ready, we can go straight into production, getting your gear done in record times. So those are those are the things that I would say. Go take a look at us. If you like us, you like us. If you don't, you don't. Other thing, for people looking for inspiring and motivating content, take a look at our blogs. Take a look at like our, our um, Living Better Than Ever, our brand ambassadors, and our news and announcements. You'll find some really great content like our hindsight blogs, any of our hashtag videos, our spotlights, any of our brand ambassador content, all that stuff is like awesome stuff just to read, to consume, enjoy it. It's out there. It's it's literally the best stuff that obviously I'm a little bit biased, but I absolutely love that stuff regardless of whether it was made by me. Just go take a look at it. If you enjoyed it, you enjoy it. You enjoy it. If you don't, you don't. Um, that's, that's probably it, Theo. Sounds good, Rumi. Thanks for coming on the show. We do appreciate it. Uh, hearing about your journey into Be Ultimate and just the growth your company has had. So really excited to see where your company ends up uh, even 10 years from now. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Theo. And uh, thanks for everything. Thanks for listening. Keep an eye out for the next episode where I interview Emily Ling, formerly Emily Schaefer, a multi-time national wrestling champion. Hear her story about faith in sport and experience winning a Commonwealth Games bronze medal in wrestling. You can follow me on Instagram at Juan underscore and underscore only underscore sports and see some of my commentating highlights on YouTube at the channel Juan and Only Sports. Catch you listeners on the flip side. Peace.